God just took me through this, you know, like in movies where they kind of like show these, this flashback in like three to five second right, span. Right, right, It was like that. All the times I had cursed out God, all the times that I had said, I hate you, God, all that, all the times, like literally middle fingers in the air. And God showed me he was right in front of me the entire time, continuing to love me, continuing to seek out my heart, seek me out so I could have salvation, so I could be freed from my addiction, so I could be freed from the bondage of sin, period. And I just jumped into his arms and I felt this warm embrace. And I know that's when the Holy Spirit entered me. I felt the love, I felt the power, I felt the strength like I had never felt before in my life. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast. And I am so stoked, excited, and pumped to bring to you one of one of the dudes who's probably become one of my best friends here as of late over the last couple of months, Mr. Christian Edwards. Welcome to the show, brother. Thank you, man. I received that too because I feel the same way about you, brother. <laughs> this is going to be fun. As you guys know, this is the King's Council Podcast a new addition to just the King's Council, the tribe, and what we've got going on here now. In the first few episodes, we really just wanted to, Steve and I ripped the ripped off the first episode together, and the next few episodes, we really just want to bring the leadership team on, and just the founding fathers, we call it, or sisters. We're going to have a few ladies that come on as well, and just share their story and let you guys just get to know them a little bit more. And then we're certainly going to have a lot more guests on. We're going to have some amazing speakers that come on and just share their experiences with life and really just talk about real life topics, relevant topics that are going on in the world today. But like I said, the first few episodes, I just wanted to bring on the leadership team of the King's Council Tribe and let you just get to know them a little bit more. So one of the first ones here, Christian Edwards, you were on our one of the very first online challenges that we did, the Full Court Press. That's right. Right? Yep. Yeah, dude. First off, everybody knows that Christian's from Jersey, mm-hmm. New Jersey. Right. right now, we are sitting fireside at my house in Minnesota. It's negative eight degrees outside right now, and we literally had to pull a couch up in front of the fire. Just nice and cozy warm. in front of the fire. <laughs> just to stay warm here. But we thought it would be awesome just to rip this episode for everybody and get to know Christian a little bit more. So I'm going to turn it over to you, man, because you have such an amazing story that I think a lot of people can relate to maybe even some listeners on here right now that are in a position that you were once in. And dude, the fact that you're even here sitting here talking with me, I know you you give so much credit to your wonderful wife, Lucy, but at the end of the day, we know it was God that had his handprint on you this entire time. So give us a little background on your story, bro. Yeah. Amen, man. Thank you. I'm 39 years old and I'm a guy who grew up in a house that didn't have God at all. There's no semblance of God anywhere. My mother's borderline atheist, agnostic. My father, he said we're Catholic, but I think we went to church two times in our entire life, and it was on Christmas Eve. So I didn't know church. I didn't know God. I didn't know Jesus. Didn't know the Bible. And I grew up just always having this like void in my heart because I didn't have that foundation. And I grew up finding my identity through basketball, through sports, being able to, you know, be the all-star, being the guy who 
the kid who stood out because of his athletic accomplishments. So my story, my testimony is so remarkable. And I say that not to boast in any sort of way, but it's so remarkable because I never, ever in my life up until the age of 30, when I did get saved, I never thought I'd be sitting here sharing my faith on a podcast, man. (laughs) Never. So I grew up, my identity was basketball. I was pretty good in high school, played at St. Benedict's Prep in Newark, New Jersey. But my junior year, I wound up injuring my back. And that led to not just one back surgery, not two, not three, but four back surgeries. It obviously ended my basketball career. And I wasn't unrealistic about it. I didn't have plans other than Division One college basketball. And that's what I had in my head. I wanted to play in college, you know, meet the woman of my dreams, get married, pursue a job in law enforcement like my father. He was a cop in the city of Newark. And that, that was who I was, my identity, because I had no faith. My identity was as a basketball player. So when I got injured and that got taken away from me, I, I just felt lost. And then after my first surgery, I got prescribed painkillers and I got hooked like that. So the painkillers helped to fill a void of me now losing my identity and just filling every void that I realized that I had in my heart. So fast forward, I wound up trying to play in college a little bit, but I became an addict right away at the age of 16 after I had my first surgery. And I tried to play in college, but I was my back was never good enough. My, I was an addict at this point already. So I wound up at 22 years old, coming back to New Jersey. I'd been in Florida for a while for college. Coming back, a full-blown addict. And my father said, well, I'm going to get you a job doing something. You're not just going to sit on the couch. So he got me this maintenance job at a hospital. And it was there where... The job actually enabled me to be an addict because I worked off hours, I worked weekends, and I just literally had to show up, punch in, and I was able to do my dirt right there on the job site. At this job where I I befriended a woman named Lucy, and this was a woman who showed me love like I never felt love before, and not even in a romantic way, just in a way where she cared about me and I confided in her about my drug addiction. She just, she rocked my world, man. When I met her, she was just different. I didn't know what it was about her. And this is King's Council, so we're going to speak candidly on some topics. I mean, I was, I was a scumbag. I was an addict. I, you know. When you say addict, man, we're talking just like pain pills? Pain pills, yeah. Okay. I got hooked on painkillers, Oxycontin, Percocet. And at the time, in the state of New Jersey, it was probably like this countrywide, I could go to any doctor's office, show them my scars from my back surgeries and get prescribed anything that I wanted. And, you know, doctors didn't keep track. of. There wasn't a central database like there is now for prescription opioids. Right. So I was getting my hands on anything and everything that I wanted. And it led to some other things, mostly cocaine. I tried, you know, an addict mentality. I tried to get off the downers with an upper. Sure. You know, that was my brainiac plan, which didn't work out very well. But yeah, opioid painkillers were my big vice. Hmm. And Lucy, she worked at the hospital with you, man? Yeah, she worked at the hospital. And 
like I said, I was in the maintenance department, but I would see her from time to time. And she was the only person, the only good looking woman at the hospital that I didn't try to sleep with. I had <laughs> no respect for myself. Therefore, I had no respect for women. I had no respect for anybody. Right. Matter of fact, I hated myself. I, I would go weeks without shaving because when I looked in the mirror to shave, I hated the man that was looking back at me because I never chose to be an addict. I was a good kid. I, I worked hard at school, worked hard with basketball. When my kid, my friends back home in, in Jefferson Township, New Jersey, when they started getting into drugs and, and alcohol, I was the one saying, no, I'm an athlete. I'm, I have a different route for my life. And here I was, a full-blown addict, taking obscene amounts of, of pills and just sitting here with that victim mentality. How did I get here? I can't blame myself, but I have to blame somebody. So if God is real, this is what I would be thinking. If God is real, he's the one who did this to me. Mm -hmm. And I would go into these fits of rage and I would literally have middle fingers in the air. F you, God, if you're real, you did this to me. You caused my back injury. You caused me to become an addict. And that was the relationship I had with him all through my 20s. And it was a dark, dark place, man. I struggled with depression, suicidal thoughts. I wanted to kill myself many a times, and I took probably enough pills to do it, but I was always too scared to really commit to that. And one of the things that was always in the back of my head was, if I kill myself, I'm so in insignificant of a human being Nobody's even going to show up to my funeral. And that made me not want to kill myself. Oh, man. That's deep, dude. Through this time period, you've mentioned just being an addict multiple times, but obviously functioning, like you were going to work, right. doing life, not happy, certainly, angry, frustrated, but still functioning. Right. right. Like, And I think there's a lot of people out there that are that do that, whether it be pills or alcohol or, you know, marijuana, whatever it is, man, there's, I think there's a lot of people out there that are functioning, but still just have that feeling of kind of unfulfillment or, or just that, you know, you mentioned yeah. depression. Yeah, right? definitely. It's just like, why am I here? What, what What's the point of this? Mm -hmm. So talk to me about like, when Lucy came into your life, and, you know, just how that relationship kind of developed, because I know she was obviously a huge impact and, you know, yeah. the change within you. Absolutely. God working through her for you. So talk to me about that a little bit. For sure. When I sit here today and say I wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for Lucy Edwards, and yes, Edwards, because at the end of the story, you you're going to hear her up. <laughs> <laughs> She's my wife now. <laughs> if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be alive today. And the scary part about that is not just physically dead, but I would have never received Jesus Christ, and I'd be in hell right now. So. She befriended me, which was strange because I kind of had a bad reputation at at my job, just kind of being a womanizer. Some people knew I struggled with addiction and people just thought I was a straight up dick, sure. honestly, because that's how I was. I, that's how I came off to people. So she befriended me. And like I said, there was something different about her. And it, I didn't know just from that, that first encounter, what it was, but it turns out 
she was different because she was a Christian. She had more peace about her than I had ever seen or felt come from anybody else. I had never wound up meeting anybody that's more loving than her. So she, she just seemed to have it all together. And then when I got to know her, I came to find out, well, she didn't have it all together at all. This is a single mom raising four kids. Like she's struggling. She had uh, a horrific upbringing. She got pregnant at the age of 14, ran away from home, wound up in Newark, New Jersey, gave birth to Isaiah at 15. And that's when she surrendered her life to Christ because when the baby handed her Isaiah, it was just her, Isaiah, and who else? I need God in my life. So that's when she surrendered to Christ. She showed me this love that I had never felt before. And I, I've told you before, I'm a mama's boy. Like my mom loved me, but she wasn't saved. She didn't have the love of Christ in her. So there was a ceiling to her love as there is for anybody else who doesn't have the love of God in them. So she loved me in a way in which I had never felt before. And we became such close friends. And she would tell me after I surrendered to Christ that, from the moment she met me, God spoke to her these words, through loving kindness will I draw thee. And she knew that God was using her as a vessel to get to my heart. And I was going to be a tough nut to crack because, like I said, my relationship with God was I hated him right. if he even existed. Right. So how am I going to go from that to surrendering? surrendering, letting all my walls down and just jumping into the arms of a God that I don't even know is real. So what she did, she, she was so sensitive to the Holy Spirit where she was obedient. She didn't beat the Bible upside my head. She would, she would, she was almost like strategic with it of how she would give me scripture, how she just showed me the love of God, how she kind of would incorporate praying for me without me even realizing it. Like she was just like ninja strategic with how she was giving me Jesus. And I still wanted nothing to do with him. I was receiving it because I loved what I was getting from her, but I was like, yeah, God, church, Bible, that's your thing. That's not for me. But I so wanted what she had. I saw what she had. I saw what her four kids had. And yeah, I, she, brought me around her kids. Like we were, she knew there was a special connection with me as I knew there was with her. But I was like, all right, I know this woman's something special. And I even told my mother, I want to marry this woman. <laughs> but I knew how could that ever happen? Right. I'm not a Christian. I'm a junkie. My life is in shambles. I don't even want to live most days, but this woman brings me a type of joy. And I know there's something there beyond what's just, what somebody would see on paper. Yeah. That's to cut you off, man. But let, all through this time, you're still popping pills. Oh yeah. Yeah. Big time. And you said you, you want what she had. Like what's, what specifically do you, do you mean by that? If we talk about the fruit in people's life or yeah. what, what did she have? She had a boldness and a confidence in herself. And as I came to know her story, her upbringing, there was, no reason why she should have that type of confidence. But it's like, all right, what is it? What is it? it? Like, is this, she keeps talking about Jesus. Is there something to this? She has such a peace about her. She, the way she loved her kids, the way she loved others, the way she served others, she has such a selfless heart to even let me into her life at that time. 
It's like, okay, you're different because even even though I alienated everybody that I loved, still nobody was going out of their way to try to help me. Right. You know, right. I was putting up walls, but she was just gracefully kicking those walls down and saying, no, I'm here for you. Yeah. It, it was remarkable. And she actually took me to a Christian counselor. And I, she how, was like, how willing were you to go to that, man? Well, here's the thing. I told her, I said, I'm not a Christian, so I don't think I should go to a Christian counselor. Yeah. And, but I know I knew how special she was to me, and she was loving on me. And I mean, you met her; she's she's smoking hot too. So, glory <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, be to God for that. But I was like, all right, I I kind of trusted the process that she was taking me through. So she took me to this Christian counselor, and this Christian counselor, her name was Miss Winfrey this old black woman who just sat in front of me and just read my mail. She was able to just speak everything about me. I was like, oh my gosh, like did Lucy tell this woman everything? And Lucy didn't. She just had an anointing. She had a prophetic gift and she saw it right through me. And she set me up with the rehab in Florida and me typical addict i was like yeah yeah i got stuff to take care of i got important things like i had nothing like my life revolved around taking pills i said let me do that like three four weeks from now so we scheduled it for three or four weeks down the road and in the meantime lucy said you really need to wake up every morning and i didn't realize this was how she was going to get me to pray on my own she said you need to wake up every morning and thank god you're alive so I'll never forget that the next morning I woke up, opened my eyes, looked at the ceiling, and I said, thank you, God, for waking me up this morning. Now, I said the words, but most mornings I didn't even care. Like a lot of nights I fell asleep and I was like, I'm too scared to take all these pills, but, you know, maybe maybe this is the time you allow me to leave this earth. So I was kind of like talking to God already in that sense, just from being around Lucy. But she told me, to thank him that I was alive. So begrudgingly, I woke up in the morning. Thank you, God, for waking me up this morning. And I looked around. Nothing happened. I was like, what the heck? I called Lucy. I said, Lucy, yeah, nothing happened. When I thank God this morning, she kind of <laughs> chuckled. She said, I'll do it again tomorrow and hung up. <laughs> so I did that for a couple weeks. And it was really like two, two and a half weeks into doing that where I felt something or I felt somebody on the other end hearing me just kind of receiving those words. So I look back at it now with so much clarity. Yeah, I was establishing my relationship with the Lord. But at the time, I was just kind of like, all right, this is new territory. What is this? But I will find myself now random times of the day just talking to God, whether it out, be out loud or in my heart. So I know if I'm rambling, you cut me off. No, dude, you reel me good. in if no, I'm going I, too I, far I'll, with this. I'll do that, man. No, no worries. This is great stuff, brother. Keep, keep right, firing, cool. man. <laughs> so I know. So now I kind of feel like God is there. I, got, I have plans to jump on a plane, go to rehab in Florida. Like Riley said, I, I'm from New Jersey. So I knew in my heart I wasn't going to get on that plane. I was scared to death to get on that plane. <laughs> I've been on these pills since I was 16 years old. Now, this is 2011. I am 30 years old. 
and I'm supposed to get on a plane, go to a state where I know nobody, and give them, like, if I bring any drugs, they're going to take them. Then I'm supposed to be there for at least 30 days. That's right. crazy. Right. So. Had you had you tried to quit? Yeah. Stop taking them prior? Yeah. yeah. I tried everything I knew in my power. I read, like, every self-help book. I tried to detox myself cold turkey, which was... You know, it was like torture. Yeah, it was but. horrendous. And, you know, now I understand the spiritual stronghold of addiction. But at the time, it was just like, I don't know how to how to kick this. I don't sure. know how to do it. These things just have their claws in me. So I wound up, it was a few days before I was supposed to go to rehab. And my breaking point was I was driving with Lucy and yes, I was driving. Lucy was in the passenger seat. Despite the amount of drugs I was taking, I was functioning. And she said something to piss me off, which was commonplace because I was an addict. I, Like I said, I hated myself and for the most part, hated everybody else. So short fuse, you just... Short fuse, yeah. yeah. I wound up going into this rage. I had a bottle of pills on me. And, you know, despite her... I wound up cracking open the bottle, downing the bottle, throwing the bottle at her, and I blacked out in this rage. It wasn't even because, like, I just downed these pills. They didn't kick in that quick. I blacked out, and all I knew is when I lifted my head, we were on the side of a road, and by the grace of God, we had just somehow come to this rolling stop in a patch of grass on the side of the road. And I looked up and I saw her face and I'll never forget that face because she was absolutely scared to death. And this, this woman, I, I'll probably get emotional. I am getting emotional yeah, even re just telling the story because I could have killed her. I could have like, she had four kids. I could have killed somebody else. It was just so stupid and it was so selfish. I wanted to spite her. So I did something like that to myself that could potentially hurt other people. Right. So I said, listen, I know you're going to kick me out of your life after this, but please just help me get to that rehab. Help me get sober. And even in that moment, I didn't know that I needed a savior. I just thought that I needed to get sober because still I was thinking of God to be the source of my problems not the source of my solution so mm, the mm. day comes listen to that listen to that everybody you're looking at god at being the source of your problems versus the source of your solutions yeah yep interesting dude so the day comes before i'm supposed to get on this plane and i i asked lucy if i could spend a day with her and the kids and her kids knew me just as mommy's friend they thought I was kind of cool. I, you know, my wife is black. Four kids are black. So I was mommy's like this, this cool uh, white dude white, that she's white friends chocolate. with. <laughs> white chocolate, tall white chocolate. <laughs> so Lucy said yes. And again, she was just this whole time. She was sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And she said, yes, we spent a day together. And at the end of the day, she dropped me back off at my apartment. Her and the kids came in to say goodbye, give hugs. And before she left, I said, do you mind if we pray real quick? And I'll never forget our youngest daughter, Mooch. She's 16 now, but at the time she was only seven. I'll never forget her precious little face because she didn't know how bad of an 
a junkie I was, but she knew I wanted nothing to do with God. So her precious little face looked up with this face like of bewilderment, like pray, like Chris doesn't pray. What's this about? So we wound up holding hands and Lucy was going to pray for me before she left anyway. But I initiated this because in that moment, everything that Lucy had taught me, everything that I felt in my heart from this short relationship, I started to build with the Lord and just, what somebody once told me I had in this moment, God blessed me with the gift of desperation where I was ready. I was ready to, to say yes to the Lord. So we held hands in a circle and Lucy started praying and keep in mind, if Lucy had given me too much of the Bible, I would have ran. So I knew a few scriptures. I didn't know much. I didn't really know like I, I've said it a couple of times, the word saved. I didn't even really know what it meant to be saved at this time. I didn't know what it meant to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I didn't know what happened once you say yes to Jesus. Right. Lucy led me in this prayer, and I can't tell you how long it was. I can't tell you exactly what was said. All I know is the tears were coming out my eyes, the snot dripping out of my nose. There's a puddle before in front of me. And... In this moment, I 100% surrender my life to Jesus Christ and declared him to be the Lord and Savior of my life. And so vividly, like my eyes were closed and my head was down, but I just had this picture as this was happening. And God just took me through this, you know, like in movies where they kind of like show these, this flashback in like three to five seconds right, span. Right, right, right. It was like that. All the times I had cursed out God, all the times that I had said, I hate you, God, all that, all the times, like literally middle fingers in the air. And God showed me he was right in front of me the entire time, continuing to love me, continuing to seek out my heart, seek me out so I could have salvation, so I could be freed from my addiction, so I could be freed from the bondage of sin, period. And I just jumped into his arms and I felt this warm embrace. And I know that's when the Holy Spirit entered me. I felt the love. I felt the power. I felt the strength like I had never felt before in my life. I lifted up my eyes and Lucy and the kids told me later, they didn't tell me there on the spot that when I opened my eyes, I have blue eyes, but when I opened my eyes on the spot there, they said my eyes were a different shade of blue. They were like a piercing crystal blue. Like there was an actual physical transformation when the Holy Spirit entered me that day. And I didn't know it at the time, but I got delivered from drugs in that right moment. Then there. I was born again. I didn't know what being born again meant. I didn't know what a regenerated heart was, but I had it, man. I had it. That's so awesome, man. And what was the date on that? I know you you know the exact date, don't you? Yeah, that date was October 27th. I got on, the, on a plane October 28th. I went down to Florida still, went to rehab, and I had the boldness now, the courage to do it. I got off that plane. Somebody from the rehab picks you up from the, the airport. And I told everybody what had just happened to me the day before. Everybody, this guy who picked me up at the airport, I got to the rehab, went through intake that I was telling everybody, listen, th yeah, this 14 years, this is why I'm here, the the painkillers, the this, the that, but let me tell you what just happened yesterday. Right. Like, <laughs> God has me here. <laughs> like, it wasn't this addiction. God has me here. Because I trust him in, in everything now. 
I was in and out of detox in two and a half days. Like detox was easy. I wow. wasn't able to go a couple hours without withdrawing from pills. I went. I was in and out of detox. I didn't get sick one time. I didn't sleep for literally like a couple weeks. Like it took a while for my body to physically yeah. adjust. Yeah. But I didn't get sick, and the the time being up was a blessing because I wound up being at this rehab, and a lot of those hours I probably should have been sleeping. I it, this rehab was on the intercoastal in Florida. I took a chair, sat out by the water under the stars, and I was just sitting with God, just talking to him, just learning more about this God that I just surrendered to. And it was 30 days of, I look back on it now, it was just bliss. It was unbelievable. 30 days of just learning how to be sober, but just getting to know my Lord, Jesus Christ. That's amazing, dude. So it's been over nine years now. Yeah, and October will be 10. That's amazing, man. Has there been any time in the last nine years where it's like maybe a struggle or it's like uh, you ever think about picking up another bottle of pills or anything like that? We've never even talked about this. I'm just putting you on the spot here. Yeah, man. No, yeah. it's it's cool. Absolutely. Yeah. And I have to equip myself every day because, yeah, I'm delivered from it, but the enemy knows what my vice right, is. Right. Like- some guys, it, it's porn. Some guys, it's women. Like, I, yeah, I slept with women, but it wasn't my thing. Like, these pills were my thing. Yeah. The enemy knows. And it could be a beautiful day, hanging out now with my family. All of a sudden, I just get this this craving, this urge. It's like, what the heck? Right. But I'm equipped, and I know the power of prayer. I know that God can remove that thing. And that's what I do. That's what he does. Yeah. But the enemy's gonna until the day i die the enemy's gonna continue to try to trip me up especially even more so now right. I, i'm on this podcast with you Heck yeah dude how many people are hearing my voice right now how many people are going to be set free from this podcast set free because of king's counsel right. and so you don't think the enemy's going to try to trip me up oh, oh absolutely yeah. he is. i know he is man since the last four or five months we've been doing this there's definitely been an attack in my yeah. life so i know you're getting it <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> So let's fast forward then, brother. Like we met in October yeah. with this online challenge. Just so everybody knows, I'd never known this cat until four months ago. Yeah. And uh, we met online, uh -huh. not, a, not a dating yeah. site. <laughs> not Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't swipe right. But we hosted this online challenge. It was like, it was called the Full Court Press. Did you know Steve Weatherford? I mean, you're a football fan a little bit, but did you know of him? Were you following him? Is that how you got yeah, into it? Or how, just how did to, you get connected to us? Just to show you just how faithful God is, I wasn't really on social media at all. I knew who Steve Weatherford was because I live in New Jersey. He won the right, Super Bowl with right. the Giants. I mean, I'm a Jets fan, so I knew Ooh. him from when he punted for the Jets. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was rooting for him as, as a Jets player more right. than a Giants player. And actually, before I even mentioned that, to backtrack – when I came home from rehab on Thanksgiving 2011, Lucy and I wound up getting married. Like God spoke to me down there, told me Lucy's my wife and I'm the father of her kids. God spoke to her while I was down there, told me I'm her husband and I'm the father of her kids. And when I came home, 
I, I tried to share it with her. And she was like, I know what you're about to say. God spoke to me. He said the same thing. I was <laughs> Shut like, up. And that you got was, married that quick? I didn't know that. Well, man. we got married in July. But that was okay, like, okay. that set off our engagement, really. Sweet. We're like, what month do you want to get married? We're like, oh, let's do it in summertime. That'd be cool. <laughs> and Which didn't matter because we wound up having a very small ceremony. It was just our pastor and a couple people. So we could have done it whenever. Right. But yes, Lucy is Lucy Edwards. That's smoking hot, right the woman of God. <laughs> I'm blessed to be her husband now. And we just gave birth after a long journey and many trials and a couple lost babies. We just gave birth to our first baby yeah. this past May, little yeah. Ezra. Ezra. Yeah. Little yeah. cutie. So I don't want to go off on another <laughs> Sashi. I could brag on my wife all day oh, for long. for sure, man. For um, sure. <laughs> so with Steve, I wasn't really on social media. Once Lucy and I got married, well, really when I got back from rehab, I started going to church with her and I just want to serve immediately. I want to serve God, serve others. I want to share my testimony. I wanted people who were in darkness like I was for 30 years of my life. I wanted them to understand, to realize, no, God is real and he can can and will set you free. He desires to set you free. Yeah. It's on us to jump into his arms. So I was, you know, doing my thing. I, I never wound up leaving that maintenance job. Like I was always just kind of getting paid enough to, that made me scared to leave and start something else. Sure. Uh, I was able to do ministry work. That was my heart and passion. Lucy did a lot of ministry work. So it was just this past year. I was realizing, like I said, it wasn't on social media, but God was kind of stirring in my heart because I, if I could give an honest assessment of myself, I could say, yeah, I think I've been a good husband, a good father, effective doing ministry work. I'm, I'm doing good. But what I realized is that I was allowing good to rob me from my best. Yeah. And God just wasn't allowing me to sit in that. So here's God, faithful as ever, as he always is. He got me on social media. I wasn't on it. I wound up getting on the Facebook. I had no Instagram account and I think 87 Facebook friends from an account that I started like a decade ago. And I just shared a post that got put on my heart um, with all the racial tensions this past year. You know, I'm married to a black woman, have four black kids, and God put something on my heart that I shared. It wound up gaining some traction. And I was like, okay, social media could be a positive platform. Right. Somehow, man, I was following like four or five pastors. Steve Weatherford's on my screen. I'm like, oh, I know Steve Weatherford, you know, NFL's fittest man. And I clicked on him. I saw somebody posted and I was like, wait a second. This dude loves Jesus. This dude sold out for Jesus Christ. All right. Let me really take a closer look at this guy. So I want Steve wound up being like the number one, the like almost one and only guy I was following. And I was just loving what he was doing, his commitment to God's commitment to his wife, to his kids. And he was a role model for me. I loved it. So then all of a sudden, he makes this announcement. We're doing an online challenge called Win Big in Business Challenge. And I was like, I don't have a business. I'd love to have a business, but I don't have one now. It's free. I could learn more from Steve Weatherford. Let me check this out. And then he mentions this guy, Riley Meek, my business partner, Riley Meek. I'm like, okay. So Steve's the Jesus guy. Riley's the money guy. I love it. This is a good combination. I, I do the online challenge. And at the end of it, you know, they, you guys made the offer to, to join this group. 
and God overwhelmingly told me, yes, do it because God allowed me to align with you guys because you guys won't allow me to settle for good. Right. You guys won't allow me to settle for anything other than my best in serving God, serving others in the father that I am in the, the husband that I am in the friend that I am. Yeah, man. You guys won't allow me to settle for good. So I joined on, wound up uh, making the trek to California three times in a matter of what, right. like you six weeks in, or something. You were all in, you brought your whole family. Right. One of the trips <laughs> brought my whole family because I just loved you guys so much. And, you know, you and Steve started this, but all the, the leaders that were in place and then everybody who joined to be a part of this tribe, everybody just had the the, the same hearts it became family really quick and I had to bring my family like you guys all knew my wife's name my kid's name just through zoom calls so I'm like yeah I'm gonna bring them out so you guys could all meet in person and like that just blew me away to have my wife and kids who if you know me you know my wife and kids mean the world to me meet guys like you Steve Scott Thomas, Connor Mead, Tevin Schindler, Phyllis Blanchard, and the rest of the crew from King's Council, because you guys, God placed you in my life. They, God wanted me to align with you guys. And I know that he's called me and listen, bro, like I'm here, I'm doing a podcast with you. I'm sitting in front of a fireplace with you (laughs) as the sun's going down over this lake. (laughs) Right. I know God called me to as my place of ministry to be king's council my heart my passion my calling is to to speak life into people to help them find their identity like oh you you think you're a basketball player you think you're just a husband just a father no let me help you realize who god says you are yeah man let me help you uh, understand what your purpose is what your destiny is and it it just falls in alignment with what the the group is is teaching to everybody as it is about discovering, developing, and deploying gifts. And you know, God placed me here, and I pinch myself on the regular man. Like, how could? Because all I've wanted to do is serve God. He could have sent me to be a missionary in in Africa, sleeping in a hut, but here I am, um, sitting with you like hanging out with Steve becoming and not just, you know, working with you. Like I'm a coach with King's council. No, like we're doing life together. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And not just me and you, but my family and your family, right? Steve and his family, right. Scott and his and Connor and Tevin, you know, they're still single, but yeah, <laughs> Single as well, far they, as they're, yeah, they're not they, married, right? They're not married. Not they're married. not single. All, all the ladies that are googling them right now, right? They're, yeah, they're they're, they're, taking they're off the market. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have Bella and Phyllis all over us. Yeah, so. uh, yeah, brother, dude. I thank you for sharing that your testimony there, and and to go back to the win big and business challenge. I just remember coming on this Zoom, which I'm like literally crapping my pants going into these things because it's not anything I, you know business-wise standing up in front of the room talking to people is, that's what i've done for the last decade but actually like hopping online and and speaking truth has been something you know a new role that i know like that's what this is 
what God has been preparing me to do and in Steve to do. We talk about uh, that on the regular of like, this is just the beginning of this new movement that I don't want to say that Steve and I have created, but that all of the kings and the queens within the king's council have built here this foundation that we did this last quarter of 2020. And I remember just coming on the screen and seeing this dude with this big freaking beard, <laughs> big red freaking beard. <laughs> and this, I'm like, who's this Christian Edwards cat? Like we'd get off these calls and we're talking about everybody that's on this, this Zoom calls. And I'm like, yeah, this Christian guy, we need to get, we need to talk to him some more. Uh-huh. And uh, here we are, brother. I mean, this is, we're, so we said we're sitting in front of, uh, we're at my house in Minnesota right now. It's February, eight below outside. Mm-hmm. Christian flew in from Jersey, which it's still colder here than Jersey, but. Oh yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is a different type of cold out here. <laughs> <laughs> it really is, man. But he says, you know, we're, we're doing life together. That's what we're doing. He, Christian's here for a purpose. Obviously we wanted to do this podcast together, but we're talking, you know, about like, what are the new roles and you know how can we make additional revenue streams together how can we free time up in which it will allow christian to step into what his true calling is and that's what we do within the king's council it's like let's do life together and but you know we always hear a lot of like iron sharpens iron and you know discussion like that but we don't, we're not just hearers of the word we're actually doers of the mm, word and that's what amen. this is this is all about is taking action together and you know anybody that's been on any of our calls or even our our online challenges and things, they'll oftentimes hear me say, with action comes clarity. And that's what this is about, is is we're taking massive, massive action here in 2021 with all of our live events we have coming up, with, you know, the online challenges we have coming up with this podcast. And I think the the most impactful time, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is when we get together in person. Yeah, no doubt. Dude, that December event, I mean, we did the Wim Hof breathing, the mm-hmm. cold plunging. I kicked your butt in basketball. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not, maybe not, but <laughs> it was still fun. Yeah, your boys yeah. in town. Play. You probably did. I've had <laughs> well, four I'll back stick. surgeries, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wasn't a wheelchair, folks. So I could, uh... <laughs> but those events are just epic of just yeah. getting together and just you know doing life together. But the real power is. We, we hop on these coaching calls Mondays and Thursdays, which is awesome. We have some teaching, but really in some application. And, and we talk a lot about getting the reps in of like, you know, yeah, it's great to learn things. And I think that's what happens to a lot of people on, on Sunday. They'll go to church and they learn something, but they don't actually put it into practice. Right. And I think the vision that we have here is we've kind of broken down the walls of church. Yeah. Like this is the body of Christ and what we're doing. And if anybody on here is listening to this and they're hearing like this Jesus guy or Christ or saved, or you mentioned like you were delivered or you were just, mm-hmm. you know, like if that doesn't make sense to any of you guys, I really encourage you just to, to reach on out to us or text us. I'll throw in my text line in which you can reach out to me directly. It is 727 727- four seven two three eight six zero and if you just want to throw in the text what's next i'll know exactly what you're referring to so text uh, 727-472-3860 what's next and we're happy to hop on the phone and just wrap with you a little bit about what that actually means who this jesus cat is that we keep talking yeah. about 
And, you know, if you're curious on just like what the power of the Holy Spirit is and want to know more or just at least have an exploratory conversation, we're happy to do that. I know, I know Christian would be happy. Definitely, man. That's what I live for. Somebody, right? Exactly. That's why I love you, brother. Yep. I feel like I could wrap on and on with you, but we've been on this for a good 40, 45 minutes right now, and we're going to go have some fun the rest of this evening. So Yeah, man. Well, let me take this opportunity real quick to honor you, because like I said before, when I first saw you online, you were the business guy to go alongside with Steve, who was the Jesus guy. (laughs) And I learned very quickly that you're not just a business guy. You have just as much fire and passion for the Lord as anybody else that I know. And I think that's why we click so well, you know, because you got eight businesses. You're the hundred million dollar man. I don't have those businesses, so we can't relate on that yeah, aspect. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. That's one of the things you'll learn. We we cancel each other's language out and yep. correct it a lot here. And yep. I appreciate you with that honor, brother. Before we hop off, I want Christian to actually share his contract. That's one of the things that we talk a lot about uh, within the tribe is, is we hold each other to these contracts and the contract itself isn't like, this is what I, I have to be all the time, all day, every day, but it's who we've decided to be and to continue to become. Because I believe we, we talk a lot about God gives us the desires of our heart if they're, you know, in line with his will. And there's a reason that those desires are there. And, you know, if we want to do things, we want to have things, that's completely fine. But what we want and what we have is only a fraction of what truly, truly matters. It's it's who we are becoming in the process. And if we continue to strive to become this version or this contract that we make with ourselves, for example, mine is, I am an intentional man of action, honor, and integrity. And Christians, what's your contract, brother? I, I am a fearless beacon of light, spreading the hope and love of Jesus Christ with intention and fervency. Fervency. Mm. I love that word. (laughs) And by the way, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Forgive (laughs) me. Yes, you are, Riley Meek. I love it. So if you guys are curious even about the the contract language and that discussion we we have, um, again, shoot us a text, 727-472-3860, and just say what's next. And then Christian or I or somebody on our team will be happy to wrap with you a little bit more about what that actually means. So Christian, you want to pray us out of here, brother? We didn't start out with prayer. Normally we would. Yeah. We just dove right into it, man. We've been we've been hot at yeah. it all day today. Well, we've so. been praying. We've prayed a few times since yeah, I've been dude. here. So <laughs> we're always praying, brother. Yeah. But yeah, real quick, I just want to say, anybody, it, you don't have to jump into this group right away. Come to an event, mm-hmm. you know? We have people who come in from all over the country. We run them just about every month, the CEO of your life events. Be in a room with Riley Meek, with Steve Weatherford. Be in a room with the Holy Spirit, man, because the Holy Spirit is there every time we get together. And we've seen people get saved. We've seen just chains drop off of people. We've seen freedom. We've seen healings. We've seen breakthroughs. So I haven't been to one that I haven't cried multiple times. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I told you. I I said, we we need more tissues for these events. That that needs to be like number one on the list. Serious. (laughs) So if you want to see some grown men cry, come on out to the next CEO of your life event. Right, right. But yeah, man, let's throw this one up. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this day, this this time, this opportunity to just sit together to talk about you, Lord, to talk about our salvations, who we are now, Lord, who you've called us to be. Thank you for giving us life and life more abundantly, Lord. Just thank you for the alignment of King's Council 
I thank you for the breakthroughs that I've received in my life. I thank you for the breakthroughs for, like I just said, those healings, for those salvations that, that we've seen through King's Council. And Lord, we just desire to be a vessel that you use to speak life into others, to be the beacon of light, to shine on the entire world, Lord, in, in this, this year, this world of chaos, Lord. Just allow this to be something. Allow King's Council to be a safe place for others, a place where people could be encouraged, a, people, a place where people could come and just have an outlet. Church may not offer it all the time. People have walls up with church. People think, think there's these stigmas attached. They associate religion with church. Allow us to just, just bust through all of that and allow people to know who you are because this is about a relationship with you. This is about us finding out who we are, our true identities, our true purposes, our true callings, Lord. So we thank you. Continue to bless King's Council, Steve Weatherford, Riley, the whole crew, and everybody under the sound of my voice. If you are struggling with anything right now, know that the answer is Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord. We love you and honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I love you, brother. Love you too, man. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the King's Council Podcast. For more information on the King's Council and becoming the CEO of your own life, visit kingscouncilcoaching.com today. You can also follow us on Instagram at kingscouncilcoaching. We'll see you next time.